Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour Voice Remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox Voice Remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today. Oh, now they need to see my birth certificate. Hmm. Honey! Where do we keep the birth certificates? Why? Buying socks. Socks. I'll check upstairs. It's easy to be unsafe online. You're the best. Now it's easy to help protect yourself. Norton 360 with LifeLock gives you device security, a VPN for online privacy, and identity theft protection. All in one. Opt in to cyber safety. Save 25% or more off your first year at norton.com news. That's right. We have part two. Of our interviews at the NRA annual meetings, we have the people from Crossbreed, Mossberg, Steph from South Paul Tactical, and Coley on the War. Stay tuned. Connect with us on social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. It's all the same name, Trend Chat 24-7. And if you would like to read some of my articles on Politics.com, just go to Politics.com slash author slash Brian Bledsoe. Wow, that, it's getting easier to say all that now. <laughs> I guess the more you keep saying it, just the re- repetition, you just it's getting smoother to, to say. So, so appreciate everyone listening in. Um, like I said, we are continuing to talk, uh, well, to put on the interviews from the NRA annual meetings. And, you know, before I get into that, I just want to mention about when I said about writing for Politics, they are actually back on their book tour. They are in the Carolinas. And I will be at one of those dates on May the 8th in Charleston and look forward to being there to be, I guess to show support, be, you know, who knows my, my autograph a book or two. I don't know. <laughs> but um, like I said in uh, episodes before, if, <laughs> if that do happen, I, you know, I got to get someone to take a picture of that. <laughs> Cause um, that is, I, I would need to get someone to take a picture of that, frame it, I do the framing, but I just, you know, can't believe I've said it too many times. Um, 
I just can't believe, you know, having something I wrote in a book. <laughs> so to, then to have someone actually want me to sign it as well. Yeah. Yeah. I need to get that. I need photographic evidence that that is true and that it actually happened when I get old and put it in a safe somewhere. So, but in talking about the book, if I haven't mentioned it, it is the clarion, a clarion call to political activism. And it is a compilation of articles from the politics uh, contributors. Yeah. Um, <laughs> say that fast, but, um, I, and as I am one of the contributors that is in this book and, it is 300 pages of all different articles touching on different subjects, whether it's politics, Islam, parenting, healthcare, social issues, activism. We're actually in the 12th part of activism. That's where you'll find my article about becoming a delegate to go to the Republican National Convention in Cleveland last year. And just wanted to put that out there. And I definitely encourage people to go out and buy the book on Amazon and at Barnes and Noble. You know, actually at the NRA annual meetings, I had a shirt on that on the front had trench. Yeah, it's a, it was a nice shirt. I now had made and everything. And on the back, I put the book on the back of my shirt along with a QR code to scan. So if if you don't know. Um, it was a bar, like a little square barcode on the back of my shirt. So if you scan the barcode on my shirt, it goes straight to the Amazon link to buy the book. So kind of made it easier for people if, you know, when I'm just out there walking around, as opposed to saying, hey, go to Amazon, put in this title, whatnot. And I said, well, do you have a barcode? <laughs> do you have most smartphones have a barcode reader, um, whether I guess people know it or not. I think most of them do. In some way, there's a some sort of barcode reader on their phone, and they could just scan it, and then it'll go straight to the Amazon link. So, so yeah, I just wanted to put that put that out there before we get into the interviews. And um, like I said, uh, we we talked with Justin Murray of Crossbreed, and and walking around the 15 acres of floor space at the exhibit hall. Um, for some reason, I guess I just missed them one time. Cause I, I think I walked around it maybe three or four times and, and I've already bought a holster already. And I walked across to see crossbreed after I've just bought this holster and they make holsters. And it has a huge cross on them. And I was like, okay, for one, I'm intrigued. So that's where the interview came from. Because I'm like, okay, I am I see this huge cross at your booth. And you're selling holsters and other accessories. And I just said, well, you know, I want to you know, ask them about their company. And so that's basically where this interview came from. And, you know, before I played it, it is funny because... Like I said, if I walked across that whole floor maybe three or four times, but every time I would walk around, it's it's like I would see something that I didn't see before because it's just so much to take in, especially someone being there for the first time and just seeing all of this, all these different booths selling all these different variations of different things. And it just like every time 
I will go somewhere like, hold on, I walked through here before. And I don't remember seeing this over here. And I don't remember seeing that. And that actually will happen here with Crossbury. Like, I, I didn't remember seeing them, even though they were right there. It was a big booth. It was right there, clear as day. But I just, you know, and just trying to take it all in, I guess I just overlooked them. And I'm pretty sure I overlooked some things that I just, that were there that I walked across already that I didn't, that I still don't remember. So, so like I said, this is the interview with uh, Justin Murray, and here we go. I'm here at the NRA annual meetings, and um, we are here with Justin Murray with Crossbreed Holsters. How are you doing? Great. How are you today? All right. Now, so I, I came across your booth, and I saw the big cross, and I was just like, okay, I'm interested already in being a Christian. I just So what's the history of Crossbreed? So Crossbreed Holsters was founded about 11 years ago by our founder, Mark Craighead, who passed away just over five years ago. Um, Mark had a very strong faith in Jesus Christ, um, and he also was the founder of the hybrid holster. So he combined leather and kydex together. And so the the name not only was a combination of his faith, but also that he, the design of crossing the, the leather and the kydex together. Okay, and um, you sell just um, accessories as far as gun belts and holsters? Right, we sell gun belts, holsters, ankle rigs, um, modular purse systems for women. Um, we have several, several products for about any kind of concealed carry you want to do. Okay, and um, so uh, uh, you say you've been in, I guess, been established for what, you said 12 years? Um, just over 11 years, yeah. Okay, so um, I guess when it comes to as far as being Christian and being at you know at the NRA uh, annual meetings, what um I guess what type of reception you get as far as the Christian community? Uh, we actually get very strong. So of course the people that are Christian and have the, the same faith that we do, they they come to us because we we're proud to to display that faith. Um, the people that don't like it, um, most of them you know don't don't come because of, we do have people that ask you know not to put the cross on the holster and stuff. And of course we politely decline to do that because we won't send them out that way. Um, there's many companies that make holsters that don't have crosses on them, and they're welcome to carry those, but uh, we don't do that. Okay. Uh, um, do y'all do, like, customization as far as any, anything with the belts and holsters? Yeah, we do some custom stuff. Um, on, along our belt line, you can pretty much build a belt. You pick the color you want. You pick the thread color you want. You pick the buckle style. Um, do it. So you can pretty much get a, a belt customized about as much as you can going to a national belt, custom belt maker by doing it online. Okay. And on the, the general question I've asked everyone is um, – why protecting the Second Amendment is so important? Um, the Second Amendment is what protects all of our other rights. So without the Second Amendment, you are not going to be able to have your freedom of speech. You're not going to be able to have any of your other liberties because you have no way to defend yourself. You'll be able to have all your other rights taken away. And we've seen that across the globe in many other countries. And um, so what all the details as far as how to find you, website, what social media and all that? All right. So um, uh, Facebook is crossbreedholstersllc.com. Our website is crossbreedholsters.com. And if you just go on the internet and type in Super Tuck or Crossbreed, you're going to find our website. All right. All right. Thanks for your time. Thank you, sir. And thank Justin for joining us. And um, like I said, I've, I'm definitely would looking to uh, look into Crossbreed next time when I get my next firearm or handgun or, or whatnot or just accessories in general. I will definitely look into uh, Crossbreed as far as getting something, especially something that is Christian and that also is a 
fierce advocate for the Second Amendment. So I I'm definitely am a a fan of that. So so yeah, I'll definitely be looking them up in the future. So um, and the next interview is with David Miles with Mossberg, and I, you know I I think I should maybe just state state this as far as the interviews go. Um, with my very, you know, very basic, like, I won't even say it's basic. It's very novice. That's the word I, I've used a lot in these interviews, you know, being a novice and when it comes to the gun community and just this being my first NRA annual meetings as well. Um, all the big, you know, companies were there all you know whether you're talking about your smith and weston weston's your colt your magpul daniel defense springfield mossberg um uh you know and and on and on <laughs> and i didn't do an interview with all of them only because i just um i didn't have a lot of questions for um just general questions i mean i had my general question that i would ask um but I just kind of went to the ones that I maybe know of at least somewhat because either I I have a firearm with them like Springfield or am thinking of getting one like Mossberg. So those particular ones that I already had questions because I was already thinking about getting, you know, one of their products is the reason why I have interviews, just a few, you know, just those two and, I'm definitely looking to become more educated in the next year because, as I mentioned yesterday, is that by this time next year when the NRA annual meetings is in Dallas, I will hope to be a lot more knowledgeable. And, you know, by that time, I will probably have more uh, specific questions and get more in detail with a lot of um, the people in these, you know, whether you're talking about these uh, other companies or just ammo or whatever um, or uh, specific guns. So, so I'm just saying that just because, you know, you might be listening like why he's only interviewing these two companies. I mean, I'm pretty sure, you know, this company was there and most likely that they, he, they were there. So, and, um, but yeah, I'm just telling you the reason for um, the interviews that I've conducted. So, um, so like I said, that being said, talked with David Miles from Mossberg, and here's our interview with him. We're here with Dave Miles with Mossberg. How are you doing? Hey, Brian. Good to see you. All right. Um, so tell us the history of Mossberg and everything that comes with it. Well, Mossberg's been around for almost 100 years, and the first gun we came out with was a handgun. Most people wouldn't know that. And uh, as the company grew and morphed, we... Uh, first thing got involved in the U.S. military and we were making firearms, uh, other firearms for people, and then we got into training rifles, and uh, in the early 60s we came out with the Mossberg 500, and that's really kind of become the legacy of Mossberg, is that's where we kind of forged our name in the shotgun market, uh, we're the leading manufacturer of pump shotguns in the world, and uh, leading exporter of shotguns for the United States, and uh, we make a, a great tool, and it's loaded with value. Yes, yeah, so actually, um, for me, the Mossberg 500, that's actually something, even for someone of my limited 
very limited knowledge of, of shotguns or firearms in general. I knew about the 500, and that's kind of what drew me into being interested in getting one myself. Yep. And uh, from the Mossberg 500 that we grew in the uh, late 80s, we came out with a three and a half inch shotgun called the 835. We worked with uh, Federal Cartridge to introduce the three and a half inch 12 gauge. Back then, people chose between a 12 gauge and three inch Magnum, or they shot a 10 gauge, and the 12 gauge kind of filled that void. And uh, from there, we've expanded. Uh, recently, we launched the Patriot Rifle, which is a uh, it's a hunting rifle that's really done well. We've gotten a lot bigger market share for our rifles. Uh, the MVP rifle is a bolt-action rifle that loads from a standard AR-15 magazine. And so people already had the magazines, and now they've got a rifle that they can shoot that if they wanted a bolt-action. So it's a, it's a pretty neat gun. And uh, we just keep growing and expanding our, our business. And we're having a great time here being at the NRA show with all the pro-Second Amendment supporters that are out here. We're proud to support the NRA and just happy to be here. So what um, advice for someone like myself is basically a, a novice to well, shotguns or just firearms in general, what type of advice would you give them as far as wanting to get started if they're interested? Well, one, I, I think... Over the years, YouTube has become a great wealth of information, and you can find some really good instruction there. Other thing I might suggest is to check out Mossberg.com. We do a lot of work making sure that we have uh, blog posts that provide really good information for our audience. Uh, we've got tips from waterfowl hunting, duck hunting, turkey hunting. Waterfowl hunting is duck hunting. Uh, turkey hunting tips right now. It's turkey season, and so we're putting a load of, whole bunch of content up. And... Uh, we're just having a good time doing it. Um, so if you go to Mossberg.com, you can join our community, and each week we'll send you an email that will have not just pitches about Mossberg products, but it will have some great content that will help you better enjoy your sports. Okay. Now, I'm not trying to get overly political, but I do want to ask, uh, so what are your expectations now, given that you have, i just say, a more friendlier voice, in whether in both chambers of Congress and the White House? I, I would say uh, it's a good time for the shooting sports. People can decide to follow their passion. And uh, people talk about how politically driven purchases were. I think now is a time when uh, we've, got a, uh, we've got a new Supreme Court justice that's going to protect the Second Amendment. We've got a lot of good people. But what I'd remind everybody is not to become complacent. Um, it's, it's, we're only election away from seeing our, our sports, our heritage, and our traditions in peril again. And so for everybody out there that may be feeling like we can relax, you can't. You have to be ever vigilant. And I will also echo those sentiments because um, our new book, Politics, A Clearing Call to Political Activism, is, that just came out. Now, I say all the time that this is not the time to get complacent, and it definitely... Just because you have more, how I say, you have friendlier voices listen to you, but that's still not the time. This is the time to get more involved as opposed to sitting back. So, um, but I just do that in myself. But I, the last question I want to ask is the general question I've asked most people: It's why protecting the Second Amendment is so important. Well, I, the simple truth is that not everybody completely understands the Second Amendment. Most people, if you take a new shooter out to the range and they get a chance to shoot, they suddenly understand firearms. Protecting the Second Amendment is something we have to do every day. And uh, if, 
people don't pay attention, you can get people making decisions about your freedoms and your rights that don't understand your freedoms and rights. And so staying involved, keeping in touch, it's critically important. All right. Thank you so much for your time. All right. Thank you. And, oh, yeah, thank you to David Miles for joining us. And, uh, you know, it's funny in listening back to these interviews and is you definitely know you at, at a gun show or some sort of gun exhibit because you can just hear those click, 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 click. You know, you, just, you hear a whole bunch of that. You hear like a, that. <laughs> you just keep hearing that in the background. And, um, yeah, so like I said, I definitely, um, appreciate him joining us and and i just kind of repeat what we said about not being complacent because i don't understand why we would become complacent really even though that's kind of like the natural order it tends to happen regardless of what you're talking about republican or democrat like when your side gets in it tends complacency sets in that that's when they don't they don't become as vocal or because I don't know maybe because they just feel like okay now we we put them in let them handle it which I don't understand why would you do that because I feel like the exact opposite is true <laughs> because now that you have people who are willing to listen to you why would you stop your activism or why would you stop advocating for conservative principles now when you actually have people who are more willing to to lend the ear <laughs> so yeah I, I, I actually don't understand that you know because the past eight years you can scream to your blue in the face um i mean the the people that were in positions of power you know they <laughs> could care less about what you were protesting about. You know, I had someone who was out there for those tea party protests, you know, have no problem in being a part of them, but we all knew that the person in the white house talking, you know, talking about Obama and those years when the Democrats were in the majority of Congress, that they're not, they're not listening. And, Unfortunately, at that time, they were the ones that, you know, had the capability of actually doing anything. So, but now that's not the case. So this is now the time to actually make your voice louder than before. So, and, you know, that goes back to the book, A Clean Recall to Political Activism. Get it on Amazon and Barnes Noble. So that's another plug for it. So, uh, so next interview is with Steph with Southpaw Tactical. And if you don't know by just saying that, you know, we're talking about left-handed accessories. And it's funny because as a right-handed person myself, I don't really, uh, don't really know the struggle. Um, but my parents are both left-handed. So, so that's actually what intrigued me into wanting to talk uh, with them and here is my interview with, uh, with Steph
here at the NRA annual meetings. My name is Brian Bledsoe and I am with Stephanie with Southpaw Tactical. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Now, tell me about Southpaw Tactical, given that um, I guess if anyone hears the name, it has to do with left-handed, you know, accessories. Yes, that's correct. So, Southpaw Tactical, it's a uh, it's a tactical company that caters towards left-handed shooters, ambidextrous shooters. So they carry gear um, for those of us who uh, live in the right-handed world. <laughs> yeah. Um, now I'm right-handed, so I really don't have much thought about it when it comes to the difficulties of being left-handed. So uh, I guess kind of give people, I guess, the idea about you know what you have to face with being in a right-handed world. Uh, just every day, so I would say that um, yeah, this everything is made for right-handed people. So I always joke around and say I'm a left-handed girl living in a right-handed world. You know, spiral notebooks and uh, ink stains on your hand and no desk in any college. It was made for a left-handed person. So we make light of it, and it's funny, but I found Southpaw Tactical, and they understand the struggle from a uh, shooting perspective. So they've been a great resource for me to help me find um, – you know, good tips and tricks for shooting as a lefty and then doing some ambidextrous stuff as well on a rifle. Now, I guess when you are left-handed, you're more, I guess you're more prone to be ambidextrous because you have to worry about, you know, Absolutely, being yeah. on right hand. I would, yeah, I would certainly agree. I think we are actually, uh, we, uh, we have to learn to adapt and overcome. We do that extremely well. And so I think actually that gives us an advantage. Okay. And um, I was, well, I was thinking about as far as one thing in particular, like, um, as far as releasing the magazine, so it's kind of make it a little difficult if you're if you're left-handed. So yes, it does. And so I actually I shoot pistol primarily left-handed, and then I've been training on rifle, which I'm more new to rifle than pistol. And so uh, I've spent most of my time training on rifle at right-handed actually. Um, so I'm definitely an ambidextrous shooter. Um, I do train some on left-handed, but for the most part, for rifle, I do train right-handed just because it's much much easier. I, I've found it to be much easier. And because I'm right-eye dominant, um, it's much easier to find your sights. Um, it's much easier so you're not getting burned when it's injecting the casing. So, um, yeah, I've, I've had to learn both, actually. Okay. So, um, now, you are RN, right? Registered nurse. That's correct. I am a nurse. So, as far as I know, in... Um, in hospitals, it tends to be a pretty much a gun-free zone. So uh, I was just wondering as far as what is that like having to deal with, with that? It's a struggle because I definitely, you know, feel like I uh, should be as a responsible gun, gun owner and someone that has a concealed weapons permit. I, sh- I feel like I should be allowed to carry in, into a, a large place such as a hospital so that I can protect myself or my family or friends or coworkers. And so I hope that that's something that will be addressed in the future. Uh, because, you know, we do, we spend a, a lot of our times in scrubs and are in, not in ideal circumstances. So it, w- it would be very nice if we could, um, like they like we talked about dealing with um, on college campuses and allowing students to carry on the campuses safely. I, I hope the same will, uh, you know, I hope that will happen one day for those of us that, that work in the medical field. Okay, so now um, I guess one last thing I wanted to mention uh, in my little research that I did, I saw something that had a, a hashtag about Bachelor Reject. So, what is that all about? <laughs> so, my family and my friends nominated me to be on The Bachelor, ABC's The Bachelor, and I was cast for their season. Um, but if you keep up with it, they did a switcheroo on everyone and they went with a different Bachelor. Um, so, you know, it, it, you have to just make light of it. I'm flattered they even picked a small town girl like me, but no, I didn't go on. To, to be on the show, but uh, it was fun. Right. Very flattered.
Okay, because um, I was just when I saw that because I'm like, oh, what what is that? What is that all about? But um, the general question I've asked everyone is um, why do you think protect, uh, protecting the Second Amendment is so important? Oh, gosh. I mean, I think our founding fathers would roll her in their graves if we did not. So, and that just is so important to me, especially as a woman. It's so empowering to know that I can, um, I have the right and that we still respect those, you know, um, freedoms today to protect ourselves, our family, and our friend. And, um, it's, it's, it's very important to me. And so that's why I enjoy being a part of the NRA. It's such a, it's a nice group of like-minded people. And so I feel like I'm in great company and you just feel so American. I love it. (laughs) All right, thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Steph, for joining us. And um, just uh, it was just funny because um, in that interview, just thinking about when I saw that whole Bachelor reject thing, I was like, oh, okay, one of them was because I know nothing about the Bachelor. I mean, you know, and but I was I've heard of it, and you know, I I was like, oh, was she on or something or what? So. So yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to ask her about it as far as that. And um and again, as far as softball tactical, uh definitely if um you are left handed, um, you know, get them get them a look. Actually, you know, um actually I don't think that um didn't get their whole, you know, social media and website and all that to, out there in the interview so i would just say look up south paul tactical just google it and you should be able to find find them but um uh yeah i definitely should have had her to uh, specify exactly where to where to find them but um nevertheless i'm glad that she joined us for a couple of minutes and our last interview certainly not least is calling on the war. Um, it's funny because in the beginning I asked did I say his name right because most of the interviews um, I kind of had an idea who I was going to interview because either I talked to them uh, prior to coming to Atlanta, but it was a couple of them that I didn't know. I knew they would be there, but you know, I didn't know if I would get a chance to interview them. And I, I was just thinking as far as Coley on the war, I was like, okay, I got to make sure I say his name right. And I, <laughs> you know, in the, especially the day of, I was just thinking about, okay, if I, if I get a chance to interview him, I got to make sure I say his name right. Also Dana Lash too. So, cause, um, you know, you tend to maybe want to say it a different way if you don't know. So, <laughs> and so I just kept saying it in my head. And then when I had a chance to interview I just had to ask, even though I, I, I was pretty confident that I said it right, but I had to ask, did I say, <laughs> did I say your name right? So, um, yep. So you're actually going to hear that right now. He, <laughs> he'll see an interview with him. Brian Bledsoe, we're here with Coleon Noir. Now, did I say your name right? Yeah, yeah, Coleon Noir. <laughs> okay. So um, I've definitely been following on um, NRA TV and all the episodes. And, I, you know, personally, I just want to thank you for actually making – Making have, having a firearm more casual because by seeing your episodes, I, you know I'm I'm used to just seeing 
people at the range, it's just kind of like everything, but you made it seem more casual as opposed to, you know, just being out in everyday life, and I, I really appreciate that. So. Yeah, no, no, it, it was definitely the way I came into guns, like I didn't grow up with guns in my background, uh, I didn't shoot my first gun until I was 25, so for me, the way I learned about it, I learned about it from a safety standpoint first, and then it transitioned into something that became a passion. Um, once I understood it to be the object that it is, it's nothing, no different than any other tool, um, as long as you learn to use it responsibly and safely, I don't see why it shouldn't be something that's incorporated into your daily life. And, and especially considering the advantages if you ever find yourself in a situation where you need it. It's like, why wouldn't you have something that is so easy to carry on you on a daily basis? Or even that brings a level of joy that it brings so many people here, you know, on a daily basis. Why, why are we shunning that? Why are we making that something taboo? Um, I, I always thought that the idea of being in this country was something about empowering the individual. And what's more empowering on a physical level than a firearm? Uh, and so that's that's kind of the way I approached it, and that's the message I try to put out there on a consistent basis. Okay. Now, I was wondering as far as, especially when it comes to um, engaging with, especially with the black community, uh -huh. and I, I notice a lot of times that a lot of people in the black community are very anti-guns, and I'm just glad to have someone like you and like me just... Like for me, I'm very, I'm, I'm a novice, yeah. so I'm yeah. learning a lot of this and all the guns and everything. And I wanna, so how is it for you as far as the reception when you try to engage in the black community about about guns? Well, the one thing I, that I, I try to do for a lot of times, so most most of the time, the individuals you talk to think they're they're anti-gun, they're not. If the problem is, is that throughout history, there's been this attachment of the political component and the gun component. I don't think guns should be politicized. It, it should be something that should live and stand on its own. Because your gun means something to you the same way it means something to me, means something to him and anybody else. In that moment, if I ever needed to use a firearm, I don't care what the politics are. It's reality that dictates the importance of that firearm to me. So once I can separate those two and get people to look at it from that perspective, that's when we start to have progress with the conversation. Because I think one of the, the most beautiful tactic, the most deceptive tactic, is aligning the firearm and the idea of self-protection, self-preservation, and all of those things with political ideology. Everybody has different political ideologies, but at the end of the day, everyone values and cherishes their life and everybody in the life of people that they love. So why would we intertwine that with politics? Yeah. So now, in not trying to intertwine politics, no, no, it, it, now, of course, <laughs> naturally, it's going to take place. Right? Well, I'm talking about my, yeah. my, well, my next question was about uh, given um, that we have Republicans in and uh, in the majority and uh -huh. President Trump. Um, what uh, I guess, what is the optimism towards? I guess in, in as far as the Second Amendment will yeah. go going forward, as far as the next four to eight whatever yeah. years. I think I think what we've seen in prior administrations is looking at the idea of firearms as restricting them as much as possible as a solution to to all of our issues. When when you look at the dialogue on the on the global scene, in terms, not the global scene, but on, within our country when it comes to firearms, there are two conversations being had. We all want the same goal, right? We want everybody to be as safe as possible. We just have two sides approaching it from different perspectives. Some One side, which I think is unrealistic, is trying to just ban guns and get rid of them. The other side is like saying, no, empower the individual, because the, the people who we are worried about, they don't abide by laws in the first place, which is why inherently they're criminals. So understanding that and understanding the reality of it, why not empower the people who are good? I'm not worried about you having a gun. I'm not worried about you having a gun, because I know you're responsible and you're a good person. But they've managed to vilify the gun wholesale. And, and I think that's the biggest issue. And so from that perspective, I think should, we should reach a point where we understand that, like, no, the gun sits here, and then we can approach our ultimate goal 
from very different places, but then arrive at some conclusion where we understand, okay, maybe it makes more sense to give more power to the people we're not worried about. So that when the people we are worried about raise up, because they didn't follow the law that they were supposed to follow, we're in a position to put them, to put that, to stop that. So, so um, well, the general question I'm, I'm asking everyone is that, why, I guess, why protecting the Second Amendment is so, so important? Because at the end of the day, from an ideological standpoint, from a spiritual standpoint, like I, I'm, I'm a believer in all of those things. But when it comes down to it, when it comes to the moments that really matter, when it comes to the idea of protecting yourself, the idea of protecting your family, the only thing that matters is that moment. That's that. That's the most important moment of your life, especially when someone's trying to take it away from you. And I and I talk to people on the other side all the time. They tell me, well, the, the chances of you ever having to use a gun are this high or or, the, uh, or this low. And I'm like, you know what? You may be right, but at the end of the day, if I'm that one percent. That's 100% of everything. So the idea of the Second Amendment speaks to that notion. The idea of the Second Amendment speaks to that individuality, the ability to, to do what I need to do in my life and to be in a position to protect the things that I'm able to build with respect to that, especially when I'm confronted with somebody who's trying to do the opposite and take that away from me. So that's why I think the Second Amendment is incredibly important for everyone in this country. All right. Well, I appreciate it so much for your time. And, uh, and once again, I appreciate everything you're doing. And I'm definitely been following your work and still going to continue following. So thank you very much. No problem. Man. Thanks a lot. And thanks to Coleon the War for joining us. You know, it's in listening to back to that. Um, if you didn't notice, given you know, I haven't been doing this whole interviewing thing for a couple of months now. And. And when I hear that, uh, he was the first interview, actually, um, when I got into the building that I will that was recorded to put it that way. <laughs> and I haven't fleshed out all my questions, even though I had the question. But as far as having it on my phone typed out and actually saying it and asking it in the flow of a conversation, it I that was the first time doing it. And so in trying to get it right uh, to get to say it in a smoother way, <laughs> that was the first time of me trying to put the words, I guess, put the question together. Because if you notice, I kind of asked the same general questions, a couple of them at least. And in the other ones, interviews, it kind of came out pretty quick because I kind of have gotten, um, I guess, I have put it together in the sense of where I know how I want to ask the question. So, uh, yeah, um, just, well, uh, just being real with you. I'm just telling you, how, um, what, what was that all about? Uh, people like, man, he just kind of not, don't know what he was, what he wanted to ask. So, but you know, and well, y'all, y'all hearing all the bumps <laughs> and you know, I'm just being, like I said, just keeping it real with you. So, <laughs> all right. Um, so that's it for today. Um, tomorrow we'll have we would have the founder and co-founder of Empower, Antonio Okafor, and Joanna Rodriguez, um, Maj Torre with Black Guns Matter, and Dana Lash. And you don't want to miss that tomorrow. And we don't know if we'll might be on friday we are still trying to see if we maybe can get a couple of people that we weren't able to talk to at um at the annual meetings 
in Atlanta and maybe do a couple of phone interviews, but we're still trying to um, see if we can get some of them before Friday. And if so, we'll have a Friday show. But um, as of right now, we would just be back on, on tomorrow. And as I close out, I just want to mention, don't forget the founder project who is, you know, they are bringing civics to citizens and they have just launched their Facebook page. Just search the founder project and you should be able to find them there. And, you know, there are, there will be a great resource as far as educating citizens and just understanding the declaration of independence and the constitution and just knowing more about what it means to be a citizen of this country. They have, are, they are going to start a video series with that. What I'm with, what I've just mentioned as far as, far as um, t- teaching civics and, you know, look forward to um, sharing more details about that. So, Thank you, everyone, for listening. And until Thursday, we will chat with you later. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today. 833-687-0700. 833-687-0700. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market 
to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700.